welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, where we are down to one pea, your host, Laura Morrell. A podcast where no conversation is off topic. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast with your host, Laura Morrell. And today I am passionate. Today I'm going to rant. And today you're going to listen to me be passionate and rant because we are going to dive into my top 10 lip my top 10 tips to leave diet culture behind. And I really want to dive into this whole thing with body trends. And I just wanted to do an episode to make you all feel empowered to be like, you don't have to live that life of diet culture anymore. So I guess to start off with um, last week or last episode, I spoke about my story of my eating disorders and After I recorded it, I'm like, there is so much more I want to say, like so much more came to memory that I'm like, it's so important. And, you know, it was just little memories that I know a lot of you would resonate because I'm like, like I should have gone deeper into explaining what my binges were like to, to really show that I understand. And, you know, my binges were to a point where I would eat to a being past physically full and just feel like I'm going to explode. And then not only having that physical discomfort, but then having the psychological game of hatred and shame and guilt associated with that as well. And so many of these memories came back. So maybe I will do another episode to, to go into more detail because I know I find it, I found it comforting when I was recovering just to hear someone that has been through it, that knew the level of of pain and discomfort I was in both physiologically and psychologically as well. So it kind of, um, you know, doing that episode plus seeing this whole trend of, of heroin chic, it really um, sort of inspired me to do this episode today. So let's dive into diet culture. Now, I guess the biggest thing with diet culture is we don't know we're in it. We don't know we're participating in it because it's so hard to see. It is like a big black hole that uh, sucks you in, but you don't realize it's sucking you in. It is the most magical type of marketing because it doesn't, you don't realize you've been sucked into it. So I'm going to give you some examples to bring awareness of what diet culture is. And this is coming from a place of when, um, you know, when I first started as a PT, they would give you like sales courses and marketing courses. And I'm being really honest here. I mean, I learned bugger all becoming a PT about eating disorders, women's health, binge eating. You learn nothing. It can take you six weeks to do a PT course. But unfortunately, majority of these coaches only have that minimal education, yet are driving a lot of programs to potentially help us with potential things like losing weight. So some of the things they will teach you, and this is why we have such an issue with diet culture, is because before and after is like the holy grail of diet culture, but also business marketing 101. We are visual humans. So we want to see before and afters, right? We look at a before and after and we'll either, two things will happen. We'll, we'll see it with a fixed mindset being like, I can't do that. They're so lucky or a growth mindset. Oh my God, if they can do it, I can do it. But before and afters, they do work. But where the issue is, is, There's no dates on it and there's no story. So you're seeing these before and afters, but what you're not seeing is this could have been a two-year process. What you're not seeing is 
that story could have been crash dieting. What you're not seeing is that potential that person may potentially suffer binge eating or have thyroid issues. They're not going to paint that picture for you. All they're doing is simply posting their before and after, but you don't see the after after. And the after after is what happens after they dieted. And the reason I know this is because I work with so many women who have been that after photo, but then they've gained the weight even more so. So I work with a lot of clients and they come from a lot of similar coaches because there's no after gain. There's no exit plan. It's simply lose the weight. So that's one thing to be really mindful of when you are seeing these before and afters. Um, the other thing, which is marketing 101 for diet culture, which which they teach is get clients to cut carbs in the first couple of weeks and call it like a, a boot camp. And this means they'll cut out carbs. But of course, carbs are what we call hydrophilic. And hydrophilic simply means um, carbs, their molecule is a very similar to a water molecule. So if you look in a microscope, they look very, very similar. So carbs actually bind to water. So when you remove carbs, all you're doing is removing water. So when people go keto, and I use in bunny brackets keto because it's very hard to do keto, when people cut out carbs in the first week or two weeks, they could lose three or four kilos, but it's not body fat. It's simply water weight. But guess what? As soon as you start eating carbs again, you're going to regain it and then some. So it's not long-term. But marketing 101 of diet culture is get them to get the buy-in. So get them to lose weight in the first couple of kilos in the first couple of weeks. And then that will give them buy-in that, oh my God, my this, this program's working. My coach is amazing. So be really mindful of that because the first couple of weeks is so important because that's where you're conditioning your behaviors about your coach. But you could just simply be removing water. The next one is Diving into the the photos again, there are so many fake before and afters. There are so many photoshopped before and afters. We just don't know. Um, and in the the PT industry, I see this all the freaking time. So again, we just have to take things with a grain of salt and not believe everything that we do see. The next one is hunger hacking. This is a big one of um, behind the scenes of diet culture where you may not know that they are doing it. If you're being told to like have chewing gum, have a cup of coffee, um, you know, have things like cognac noodles or load up on cauliflower rice, that is a coach simply hacking your hunger hormones and is a big form of diet culture we may not realize. We may think of it as, oh my God, this is actually working. I'm getting full, but it's a faux fullness because we know volume is not going to work. But also doing things like having coffee, chewing gum is simply distracting your body from not eating when we should be eating because a hunger hormone is a signal. It's a bit like the fuel light in your car, right? And what a coach is saying is if your fuel light comes on, just throw a scarf across the, the um, fuel light so you can't see it. Your car's not going to run effectively. When your fuel light is on, girl, you need to fill up that car. So hunger hacking is a huge one. The next form of kind of diet culture we may not realize is coaches or people or influencers giving opinions on food that you don't realize. So even people saying, I am keto. I don't believe anyone, like I personally don't promote my calories and macros. I don't promote 
um, anything like that because everybody's body is so different. And our goal at LMW is to get you to become the expert in your body, not getting you to eat the foods I eat. So think of me as like a guide or a tour guide of your body, but you are the expert in your body. Um, and no coach or practitioner will ever be the expert in your body, but we just have to increase your body literacy IQ. So sometimes other people's opinions on food is part of diet culture. And this is where we start developing subconscious food rules, such as carbs are bad, don't eat after 12, can't eat anything with preservatives. And I remember early on in my career, this is my early twenties when I was helping women, I was very orthorexic back then. So like it was had to be super clean and organic. And I would promote that. I would literally tell my clients that anything non-organic is bad or anything with preservatives is bad. And let's just say I've come so far in my career and young little Laura, I look back and I was like, oh, little Laura, what were you thinking? But unfortunately, so many coaches just preach their belief and what they're married to as gospel. And you're basically teaching a client your eating disorder. So you are paying a coach to worsen or to develop an eating disorder. Let that sit with you for a moment. You are paying a coach to worsen or develop an eating disorder. And I think that's a huge one because you don't realize it. But then when I work with women, and we're like trying to bring out all the subconscious food rules. It's things like, I can't eat cruciferous vegetables. I can't, um, you know, I have some clients who say they can't eat cruciferous vegetables because their coach had a thyroid condition and said not to eat that food. So then they've demonized cruciferous vegetables, which is like broccoli and greens. Um, or it might be, you know, their coach was keto. So they've been saying carbs are bad. And then you've demonized carbs. So then you've subconsciously cut out carbs. And then all of a sudden you're saying, no, I don't really like to eat bread. But it's not really a, it's a subconscious thought pattern because you've got that moral value with bread, but you might not even recognize that as diet culture, that it stemmed from someone saying bread is bad. And I see that a lot with um, like intermittent fasting. I have clients say, I'm just not hungry in the morning because they've been programmed to think food in the bad in food is bad in the morning, intermittent fasting helps with weight loss, that subconsciously you then don't get hungry in the morning. But then after working with these women and getting them to slowly reverse engineer that and increasing food, they're realizing, oh my God, I think so much clearer in the morning when I eat breakfast. I have so much more prolonged and sustained energy when I eat breakfast. I can just, I don't have the jitters. I'm not nervous and I don't have anxiety when I eat breakfast. So that's a really big one. The next one is body trends. Oh, body trends. Okay. So heroin chic, let's dive into it. Diet culture is literally designed to make you feel shit about your body. It's designed to make you feel shit about yourself and then be sold a solution to make you feel better about yourself. That is what the $82 billion industry is. Example, you're not happy with your stomach, so you should try X, Y, and Z. It talks about your pain points. This is marketing 101 for diet culture, for fat loss, for diet programs, for anything. 
you they tell you to promote the pain points of the clients which is you and what are the pain points it might be if you're not happy with your your thighs try this slim and tuck underwear or it might be like wanting a smaller waist want to create shape and want a smaller waist here's a waist trainer for you but that's where we need to stop and realize that's where diet culture is so dangerous because we don't realize there's a problem until someone's saying here's your problem and here's an answer. So diving into some other things, there's sneaky words, and this is what we need to be really careful of, sneaky words like clean eating, detox, reset, wellness protocol. All of those are associated with diet culture. And I'm going to talk about body trends in a moment, but I want to dive into some other key things. And You know, there is one particular influencer, and I'm not going to name names because we're not about that at the podcast. This is just about awareness. And she swears by her product that keeps her regular. Now, I'm sorry to bust her bubble, but no product should keep you regular. Your digestive system should keep you regular. So this is why we can't rely on products to, again, this is another form of diet culture to sell you the dream of regularity of your stools. Your body can do that for you. But again, Monday uh, monthly reset, health reset. And we see a lot of YouTube influencers documenting these things, such as YouTube, um, sorry, YouTube influencers documenting like health reset, come and watch me on my journey. Now, another form of diet culture before we get into body trends is, is calorie tracking. Now, I do calorie track with my clients and I don't calorie track with other clients. But where diet culture unfortunately rears its head is tracking calories or macros as a way to control your intake, to control your body, okay? So dieting, controlling your calories and macros to diet to shift your body is diet culture. What we do at LMW is we do not track calories for restriction or to change your body in that way. What we do is we help educate you by teaching you to track calories and macros to optimize your body, to create your natural body shape and to emphasize your natural body shape. That's what we do at LMW. We do not try and change your body to look like a certain person. We make your body the best it can be and you learn about calories and macros along the way. So food tracking can be used as a positive, especially when healing relationship with food. Joyless movement is another form of diet culture we might not realize. Focusing on exercise as a way to burn calories versus being fun, well-being, playing volleyball, playing basketball, um, any of that as well. Another one is food rules. Restrict example might be restricted eating um, hours, eating amounts or types of food. So can't eat carbs, um, can't eat preservatives, can't eat anything packaged. All of those are food rules. And then food labeling is another big one. So good versus bad, healthy versus unhealthy, guilt-free versus clean. And I think another big one as well is you can go to the opposite end of the scale where, you know, being too obsessive about health, which is what we call orthorexia, and obsessing about being super healthy causes more stress, 
and it becomes non-healthy. And then body focus. So just focusing overall too much on your weight, shape, size, and that like kind of dictates your your everyday kind of world. So I want to dive into the body trends because I feel like this is a really big topic that I, I wanted to to talk about and I didn't want to let it pass because I think it needs to be it needs to be addressed. And there's been an uproar and so many people speaking out about this, which I think is freaking fantastic. Yes to creating awareness, but truthfully, the change starts with each and every one of us. I don't want it to be influencers' responsibilities to try and call this out. It needs to start with us. And you guys have so much power. Anyone listening to this, you who is listening to this, you have the power to change diet culture. And this is where we need to do more other than just call out the body trends is bullshit and it's ridiculous and, you know, hate on Kim Kardashian. Because one thing I will say is, you know, did the Kardashians create this body trend of heroin chic? We don't know. And this is what I like to call the chicken or the egg. Or was there already an underlying pressure that Kim Kardashian felt to then change her body to this heroin chic and lose heaps of weight? So was there a trend underlying in the first place that made her do it, but because she has big influence, it's now become a big trend? Or did she start this trend? We really don't know the answer. But the only way to stop this trend is to start embracing our own our own body. Make that the fashion. So you know what? If there is such, you know, a global transformation of people embracing their natural body sizes, this is going to drive fashion companies to start making different body shapes and different sizes and fashion to suit different sizes because there's enough of us to make that the fashion that they have to change. But we can't do that unless more and more people start embracing their own body. So if enough of the world starts seeing and creating different body shapes as the norm, then fashion will start to change the norm. And then the norm would then be different sizes. And wouldn't that be such a freaking phenomenal thing to go into a shop and be like, have all ranges from extra small to whatever, extra, extra, extra large. And that's the norm. And I think that's important because then fashion trends would have to accommodate to different bodies rather than fashion trends having to fit what's normal in the current trend. So I just don't want anyone to conform and don't be a part of that diet culture and be a diet culture dropout and help stop the influence that some people have to make these trends. I think that's really important. And it doesn't take big influences to make the change. It literally starts with us. It literally starts with you. And I think that is what's so important because it does start with us and we are, we have that responsibility to do it. And everyone at LMW are all ambassadors, you know, the whole ambassador team. There's so many of these beautiful girls because they're standing up and saying, no, I'm a leader in health now. And I no longer conform to diet culture. I'm now confident. I now eat over 2,300 calories and they've become culture, culture, diet culture dropouts. So I'm going to give you my top 10 tips to being a diet culture dropout. And this is what we teach at LMW. Number one, stop adhering to body trends. Do not try and become heroin chic. The fact that heroin drug addicts 
is now a fashion trend blows my mind. There was even once upon a time a trend of translucent skin. We get translucent skin from malnourishment. That was a fashion trend. Malnourishment. Doesn't that blow your mind? So number one, stop adhering to body trends. Number two, stop tracking and dieting for a specific body and start tracking and diet, sorry, and start tracking for optimizing your body. And I'll say that again. Number two, stop tracking and dieting for a specific body, but you can track for education and to optimize your body. Number three, unfollow anyone that promotes diet culture. But of course, it means being aware of it first. So go back to all the conversation we had at the start of the podcast. Number uh, four, pick up diet culture language, trends, and words. So as I said, reset, detox, um, things like protocols or clean eating or um, deficits. Number five, work with a coach or a practitioner to help you because a lot of this stuff is subconscious and we may not be aware. Number six, join a community that is a non-diet culture. And I'm so excited that we have a new tier coming up in 2023 and it's going to be access to our beautiful community. So people can pay um, a small weekly uh, price to join the community so you can have that non-diet culture supporting you. Number seven, be a leader in change. That's hard to do because, for example, you know, part of the work with my clients is they may be in a workplace where all the girls in the workplace are talking about their the different diets that they're on or foods that they're avoiding. And being a leader means not participating in that or standing up and saying, you know what, I'm reverse dieting. I'm actually not dieting anymore. So being a leader. Number eight, stop dieting, especially if you have any hormonal conditions like PCOS, if you have thyroid conditions, if you overeat or suffer any distorted eating patterns like restriction and binging, stop dieting. Number nine, stop spending money that contributes to diet culture. Waist trainers, slimming pills, detoxes, um, eight-week transformations, 12-week transformations, anyone, anything that promotes diet culture. And number 10, don't wait for influencers to make the change to stop diet culture or body trends. It starts with you. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I guess this is really just me. As I said, it's my passion and ranting in one episode. Um, It's so important. As you can see, this is a big part of where LMW is going next year. We are going to be hopefully the first company to regulate the dieting culture, to regulate, sorry, the dieting industry, because there's no regulation. Anyone can go to a coach and be put into a deficit, even if you have PCOS, thyroid issues, binge eating, because it's not regulated and we want to regulate it. We don't want anyone to go into a deficit and create or worsen an eating disorder or worsen your health as well. So a big part of our um, upcoming projects for LMW as well is to create diet culture dropouts and to break the diet culture industry globally. And I believe we can do it. I really can. I truly believe we can. And I can see a world where we we all start embracing our natural 
physiques, whether that's you have broad shoulders or maybe you have a smaller waist and bigger glutes or you might have smaller glutes and whatever it is, like just start embracing your body. So because I can tell you going through when I was doing research over body trends over the years, not one year was I ever in fashion. I'm someone who has broad shoulders, so athletic, little tiny boobies. Well, they're too small, but they're small and a big booty relative to my tiny ass waist. So there's not been one year where all of that has been in fashion. We kind of have gone from curves being in to then the 1930s boyish figure to the 1950s curves again, big boobs to then 70s, which was kind of like slim figure. Um, 80s was athletic figure, maybe I was meant to be in the 80s, to the 90s, which was, again, Kate Moss, um, Paris Hilton, so very skinny, then to the Kardashian, big booty, and now back to her. I've never fit in to the diet culture body trends. So I just think if more and more of us can start embracing our own body types, then there won't be body trends anymore. And that's a big part of LMW project to, to end diet culture globally is to end the body trends globally too. So if you'd like to be a part of this mission that we're on, would love to have you um, come support us. But until then, I think it, this week, I just want you all, oh, I sound like I'm coaching you all. This week, your reflections are just to create that self-awareness of where you see diet culture Look on your social media, look in the magazines, listen to the conversations at work and really start bringing awareness to how much subconscious is filled with diet culture. And it just starts there. Just start with self-awareness. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you for letting me rant. Thank you for letting me be passionate. Um, And I will be in touch with you on our next episode, which I cannot wait for. Enjoy your week. (laughs) 